Pulling that book off the shelf one more time, folks. 17, to be exact. That's what we're looking at. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hello, everybody. It's Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. This episode is going to be story number 17. Yes, number 17. As I record this, there have been quite a few stories that have happened in the life around us. I mean, good grief. We had a governor in Texas bring immigrants from the border to sanctuary cities. That was really kind of interesting. It's kind of crazy, too, at the same time. Who would have expected something like that? I think that's really interesting. Another story, probably the biggest story that's happened this year, is the fact that Queen Elizabeth has passed away. An amazing run she had. Longest British monarch ever. And, as they say, all good things must come to an end, unfortunately. And now the King of England, Charles, is in charge. I must personally admit that the Queen Elizabeth seemed like she was going to live forever. But the reality of the fact is nobody can. It seems like she touched a lot of lives throughout her life and pretty much promoted a lot of good things. Turns out that Our friend Patrick Houston is doing big things, as always. Um, I've been a little sleeping. uh, I've been sleeping on a lot of the stuff he's been doing. In fact, he's created a couple little subsidiaries to his overall brand. And one of the best things he's been doing recently has been his Zenith wing of his entrepreneurial empire, where he is using his vehicles for him to create a nice foundation for himself he will do things as useful as taking people from one place to another you know the transports with the uh the uber and deals like that but he also will do deliveries of items he has a certain amount of weight that he will carry and he will take it a long way he's gone from his home base here in Pennsylvania to New Jersey, right around my neck of the woods in Tom River, in fact. And he's also delivered things in the New York area. Again, Patrick Houston's doing big things, as is his partner, Kevin, for their uh, tech hour. You got to pay attention to both of those guys on Instagram and Facebook because only amazing stuff's going on. As far as myself... I have a few things I'm getting into. I'll probably get into more detail as the weeks go by. But there's definitely a few things that I've put on the uh, on the stove that I'm actually cooking up. And hopefully they'll be successful in time as well. But as we start talking about the main event, we're going to be going into more stories. It's amazing. I say this almost every time now. It's been almost a year and some change, almost a year and a half that I've been doing this show, and I'm still amazed that I have gone through 17 editions of story alone. 
I never would have thought this when I first came out with the show. I'm very happy about it. I just hope that I can continue to use my recall and come up with these things that are going on. It's one of my favorite things, and I like to do this because, if for nothing else, the stories that I tell about things that have happened to me in my life will then live on throughout these airwaves forever. And that's one of the reasons why I like to do this. Um, all I can ask everybody to do is sit back, relax a little bit, listen to me talk to you about some stuff that happened. Eh, this time, I think that these stories are not going to be as extreme as some of the ones where I was talking about police chasing people and things of that nature. Gunshots that I had just avoided. We're not going to be that extreme, but certainly... I think that these ones are going to be, hmm, fascinating to a fault. Hopefully that you can um, keep your stomach together because a couple of these are just a little turning. But not so much that it's going to be over the top. Well, the main event is coming up now. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Main event time. Going to start off with a story that is, well, I'm going to say a little hairy. That's a real bad segue, but at the same time, it makes absolute perfect sense. Um, as most of you can probably guess, I am one of the pickier eaters in the world. I don't deviate very much from my personal menu, and... I very rarely try things that are different. If I do try something different, it's simply because it's a variant of one of the things that I typically enjoy. For example, um, I was a water ice guy before I started my really rigid workout regimen that I've been on for the last five years, six years. Um, I was very particular about my water ice here in Philadelphia. I wasn't one of those people who would just walk up to the water ice stand and pick a different flavor every time I went. No, I was real specific, and I only expanded very, 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 very limitedly. I would go up and I would ask for cherry, just plain cherry at most of the time. And then I upped the ante just a little bit. I improved. I changed. And yeah, I moved to black cherry. Outstanding jump from the regular cherry. The black cherry, I think, is just a little bit better. But it wouldn't really make any difference to me either. When you think about it in the long run, I really didn't essentially um, reinvent the wheel. Like moving from just regular cherry to black cherry. Um... To my credit, the black cherry that I would have actually had cherry bits in it, as opposed to the regular cherry, which was just the smooth ice. I'm just sort of making myself sound a little better, but not really. On that note, going to the fact that I would just make a slight deviation from one of the foods that I would eat and change it to a different one. Uh, one of my favorite foods in life in general is candy. Of course, everybody knows Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Amazing chocolate, amazing peanut butter combination. Those two things are just, they just were meant to go together from the dawn of time. 
Turns out I'm one of the biggest fans of the Reese's Peanut Butter Puff cereal. And this other variant on water ice that came out at Rita's probably about that time, five, six years ago, maybe a little longer than that. And I was never the person who would be into the non-fruity flavors of water ice. It just seemed weird to me. But this is a variant of the peanut butter cup, which I love so much. It happened to have been a chocolate peanut butter water ice. Now, normally that would just be a little off-putting because how in the world can you make water ice taste like chocolate and peanut butter? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. just doesn't seem natural. However, that combination just holds up so well throughout life in general that when Rita's came up with it, I just couldn't resist just because it was, in fact, chocolate peanut butter. First time I go get it, I get a small just because I'm extremely skeptical. I couldn't believe it. The chocolate peanut butter water ice was insanely good. I couldn't imagine life without it from that day forth. Now, this is, of course, a nice summer day, and like I said, I had that small one. I Over that course of time during this summer, I probably went there to get water ice, let's say, six, seven times with the kids, or even just by myself when they're at camp, just because I wanted one of those chocolate peanut butter water ices. Now, we're talking... Yeah, a little piggish, because those six or seven times came between June and the end of July. And here we are at the end of July, just me and my wife Courtney going to get water ice. The kids are all at camp, and it happened. I go there because I've long since transitioned from the small, because I now trust the chocolate peanut butter water ice to my fault, I would say. We go there. I can't remember what kind that, she, that Courtney ordered, but it's irrelevant for this story. I go and get that chocolate peanut butter water ice. Now, you see, I go up to the line, just like always, order the water ice for my wife, and then order that chocolate peanut butter for myself. I'll never forget it. It's a real nice young lady who was at the counter, who was dispensing the water ice at the time, and... You ever have those weird feelings where you just notice something about a person and then it just dawns on you that, like, wow, I'm really paying attention to this? And didn't realize that the attention that I paid to this was going to actually be important probably 10 minutes later without me even realizing it. I saw that the, uh, the young lady who was dispensing the water ice had really an interesting like dark hair and it was fairly decent length we're talking a little more than shoulder length I mean, normally you don't pay attention to this thing but for some reason maybe it was a sign that i was actually paying attention to this normally i don't really think about it because when i go get the water ice i just go get the water ice and sometimes i look at the people's hats if they're wearing a hat most of the time they are but for some reason i noticed this young lady's hair and that was an, a sign of things to come. You see, then I go back to the car, give Courtney her water ice, and I have mine. And we're going through it, going through it, going through it, eating this chocolate peanut butter water ice of mine. And she was having the flavor that she had. I'm just loving every second of this. 
and then I get to about a quarter, maybe a third of the way through the water ice, and I got my spoon in there, and I'm looking at something coming up weird. Now, you got to understand, the peanut butter chocolate water ice is, in fact, brown, like the chocolate would be, right? And so I go when I'm eating it, and I'm like, what is this? Something weird in there. Because every once in a while, it's a beard problem where you might drop a beard hair in your food, and you just when you realize it's one of yours, you just sort of push it to the side and you keep going. But back to the young lady, I go and I pull this hair out of my water rice, and I'm looking. Okay, it's a little longer than mine, and at the time I was, my beard was getting pretty long for me. It was a couple inches long, which is not usually what I would do. But at the time. I was letting it grow out. And I noticed that this hair is got to be 10, 12 inches long. Immediately, I'm lifting this thing out and Courtney is looking at me pull this hair out of my water ice. And she turns and says, oh my Lord, that's just terrible. And then I told her, well, uh, I don't want to give up the water ice. It's so good. And very Homer Simpson-like, I go to take another spoonful, and she immediately says, very Marge Simpson-like, throw it away. <sighs> very heartbreakingly, I took the water ice and the hair. I put the hair back in the water ice, put the spoon back, and push the hair down inside the water ice, open up the car door, almost in a funeral uh, procession-like manner, deposit my water ice in the trash. So extremely heartbroken and devastated to the fact that I was eating this. And I just, for some reason, it was one of those situations. Like I said, I recognized that hair. And for some reason, it just stood out. And never do you want to, like, um take it lightly when things just sort of, when you notice stuff, it's, it's crazy. I don't want to go to the extreme of, uh, the see something, say something of the, uh, terrorist th threats that were going on, but it was just for some reason, it just, the whole idea of seeing that young lady's hair, it just stood out so much to me. I should have paused for a minute and said, do I really want to go there? But I did, and of course, Courtney was able to avoid, and she didn't have any but in her in hers, but the fact that the same young lady dispensed hers and dispensed mine, she also told me to throw hers out as well. And from that day forth, I didn't get to eat another chocolate peanut butter water ice from Rita's, and I'm at a point in my life where I'm doing uh, training in the gym as best I can. And trying to avoid eating some of those things that I used to eat. So I'm just devastated that I haven't had one since. Speaking of things that were devastating and delicious at the same time. I was very, very hurt. With um, the smoothie game that I was starting up. Yes, I started making a lot of smoothies, like I said, as a transition to changing my diet. I would do a lot of fruit smoothies. I didn't ever put yogurt in them because, again, I am this picky person. I don't really like yogurt at all. 
So I would simply use the juice that I would use and I would have frozen fruit. And sometimes I would add some flax seeds in the smoothies, but I would usually go with um, a variation of different fruits and different juices. I liked cranberry juice that I like to put in there, um, straight up grape juice. Those are usually my baselines. And I'll go ahead and I'll use frozen cherries, frozen strawberries, frozen blueberries, and to keep that and use them frozen because as opposed to putting ice inside the smoothie, the actual frozen fruit creates the texture. Um, and in my opinion, it eliminates the need for water. You don't have to, it, like when you have the ice, that's going to add water to it in my mind. So it, just my opinion. That's why I like to use the juice and the frozen fruit in order to create the um, the uh, the solidification of the smoothies that I make. Um, that's just how I like to do it. And on that note, I was doing this for a, a little while and I enjoyed doing it. And I still do it from time to time. It's just a matter of me being... Um, dialed all the way in when i dial all the way in i'll usually do that smoothie thing directly after i come from the gym um and we're talking when i'm really really dialed in when i get super tight and i'm using a massive caloric deficit to the point where i would borderline say i'm literally eating enough in order to provide myself with the energy to work out and to just exist. I cut my calories down massively and I do, um, well, I'll give you a little inside scoop to what I like to do. Um, when I go to a caloric deficit, I don't like to just cut myself into a point where I'm, um, going to just go away from what they call maintenance which is the line of calories that a person would have in order just to get through their day. What I'll do is I'll sink well below maintenance and not just a percentage because you figure if you're doing the same amount of things or you're doing more work, you're going to lose more weight just by not ingesting as much or taking in as many calories. So what I do is I kind of do almost a, um, I think of it as a wave of a deficit, if you know what I mean. I find that maintenance point, and when I have that maintenance point, I'll then just lower the calories. For example, I'm just going to throw some small numbers out there to make it easy to understand. Let's say my maintenance, which is not 2,000 calories, but I'm going to use that as my number. My maintenance is 2,000 calories, let's say. I'll then dip for about a week from 2000 calories to about 1500 calories. And of course that's going to probably net me a loss of maybe a pound and a half, two pounds in a week, give or take. That's about what I would lose at that ratio personally. Then I would take the next week after that full seven days of going from 2000 to 1500 calories, I would drop down to, approximately 800 calories for two days. Now that's really low and that takes a toll on you. And at that point, when I cut down to two days at 800 calories, 
I would then go back up to 1500 calories for another couple days so that now my body can recover from the loss of that and it almost turns that eight that that 1500 calories the body feels like wow it, that was a lot I feel I'm like I'm more full and then I'll go back down to 800 and I'll go back down to 1500 and I'll cycle it like that with a couple stops here and there at a thousand so that my body's like oh okay I need to conserve a little bit here because I'm going to be lower there. And it I would end up typically dropping in the neighborhood of a month. I would start off, like I said, the first couple weeks, I would lose maybe two pounds, three two pounds, a pound and a half a week. And then I would dip down lower to where I would end up losing maybe three or four pounds in a week. Now back to where we are with the smoothies. Those were an essential part of those calorie cuts. Now, I had a fake magic bullet, which I still have just in case my real magic bullet goes down, which of course it's not going to. It seems like it's a great product. <sighs> Using the fake magic bullet was a mistake for the length of the time that I was using it for, but they were only cheap. They were like $10. So, of course, I bought a couple of them. And in the process of doing my blending, it just so happens that there's a little O-ring inside the actual cutting piece of the blender for the fake magic bullet. Now, over time, I like to pull that piece out and make sure that I'm getting clean around the little O-ring and in the area where the O-ring sits, just to make sure no mold builds up in there. It turns out that during the time that I was pulling it out, apparently I had started to stretch that little O-ring in the fake uh, magic bullet to the point where one day I go to make my smoothie. I take off the little mixing head and I put it in the sink and I realize the, that the O-ring's not in there. I don't know what's going on. I just must have dropped it. And I started to drink the smoothie. All of a sudden, I feel this guttural reaction to just throw up. Immediately, I start throwing up. I take the smoothie, I dump it out, and it just so happens that I see little pieces of plastic inside the smoothie, and immediately I knew what happened. Apparently, the O-ring, in fact, did slip off and go into my smoothie mix without my noticing it because of the dark fruits that I was using. I was using blueberries and dark cherries, and I was using a base of grape juice this day. So everything was dark, and the O-ring was just a little white plastic O-ring that just was inside there. And it just got blended up inside my smoothie, and I drank it. And immediately my body noticed, nope, that ain't food, and reacted immediately. And that's the thing that caused me to actually buy a real magic bullet. And wouldn't you know, the real magic bullets don't have that little plastic o-ring on the inside <laughs> which of course made me feel so much better at the end of the day and i hope that i never have to use the fake magic bullet but if i do well i'm gonna be a lot more careful final story of the day i'm gonna talk about well of course one of my favorite things since we're on sort of a food thing i'm gonna talk a little bit about pizza now 
I'm a person, if you listen to my episode on pizza, which is episode um, in the archives, I can't remember exactly which number it is, but it's in there. I go over to describe to everybody that I believe that you can't judge all pizza equally. Of course, I personally think that the versions of Detroit and Chicago style, they're not my cup of tea. I try to avoid those like they have the plague. I am a definite thin crust guy or a Sicilian guy. And I believe you can't just blanketly say that one of those is better than the other because I do believe that there's a definite difference. And if somebody's going to say, oh, I like all pizza, which is a good thing, but you'll notice that there's differences. A Sicilian pizza isn't going to taste the same as a Chicago-style deep dish, isn't going to taste the same as your good old traditional New York thin crust. It's just not going to. And on another level, I don't believe you can judge um, pizza that comes out of the wood-burning brick oven pizza is different than your traditional regular pizza oven because the temperatures in the brick oven are hotter and the pizza cooks faster and it does different things to the cheese. I'm getting into chemistry of pizza now a little bit. (laughs) I almost have a PhD in the subject. But nevertheless... There is a restaurant chain that my wife introduced me to that my mother-in-law, who I did a show on earlier, a couple weeks before, um, she very much enjoyed this restaurant. It's called Bertucci's. Um, It's a chain restaurant in the vein of, say, an Olive Garden, Carabas Italian restaurant sort of deal, that kind of um restaurant chain, uh, they do outstanding food. And it seems like for some unknown reason, I guess their numbers are beginning to dwindle. And my wife and I have had this really weird, um, almost nightmarish like deal with when we go there, but I'll get to that in just a second. Now, my personal favorite thing off the menu is going to be the pizza, obviously. But they don't just make your regular tradition pizza you see in just a regular oven. They do the brick oven pizza. And, of course, that means that it's a little bit different standard than what you're going to find when you go to your local uh, pizza restaurant that you're going to see in your neighborhood. It's going to be a little different. Unless they have that brick oven, then you can compare it. Those pizzas come out real quick. They just the high temperatures make it totally different. And this place actually does those brick oven pizzas. And they do a little different spin on the brick oven pizza than I'm typically known to see. Because all the brick oven pizzas that I typically have eaten are usually very, very small. We're talking um, not your normal 18-inch pizza. It's usually not even your 14-inch medium pizza. We're talking they're usually maybe 12 inches around in diameter. Because they they usually use the smaller pizzas for those. Um, Bertucci's, however, they actually did make, or I don't want to say they're all gone because I know there's a few still. I've seen one or two in the general area. They'll do a 14-inch or a 16-inch brick oven pizza, which is why I find it to be one of my favorite places. Because they'll use that brick oven to make a larger pizza 
which isn't really the case most of the time that I've seen. And they do a very good job at it. It's a very good pie. Now, back to the fact that my wife and I, we went there. I'm not going to say it was a place that we would go all the time, but it was in our rotation. We would go to the Applebee's Tuesdays to Fridays. Um, at the time, Joe's Crab Shack, Longhorns, um, Outback, you name all those restaurants, Carabas, and Bertucci's was right there in our mix. We would put that in one of those places that we would go to. And unfortunately, it turns out that we were like, I don't know, like death to the place. It seemed like we would go to the Bertucci's maybe twice in a particular location, and next time we were on our way to going to that Bertucci's that we had been to, that Bertucci's was closed. And it was devastating, and we ended up going somewhere else. And this happened quite a bit. We would literally go to a Bertucci's once, and then we would go back to it, and we said, oh, we haven't been there in maybe a couple of months. Let's go to Bertucci's. And we would go, be on our way to drive down there, and we would notice all the lights are off, and it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Place is closed. Heartbreaking. Now, fast forward to where we are now. It had probably been clearly the pandemic didn't make a difference as for us going to Bartucci's. I have to go past that uh, before that. Um, mm, I'm thinking it must have been 2017. The last time we went to Bartucci's and... Of course, we went there that one time, and then I went there one time, and then we went there again, and it was closed. So now, here we are, fast-forwarding back to where we are now in 2022. Well, excuse me, um, go back a little bit, 2021, when things started opening up a little bit more. Not too far away from our house was a Bertucci's, very close to a Red Robin, which, of course, I love. Different story altogether. And the wife and I and the kids, we would go to the Red Robin and we would notice, oh, there's a Bertucci's there. We'll go there next time. Needless to say, every time we would go, we would end up going to the Red Robin. But the Bertucci's was still sitting there and there were still cars in the parking lot. And probably five, six times we went by there and we said, oh, we'll go there next time. We'll go there next time. Well, here I go to that same area because court wanted to get um what was it i believe we actually did order red robin again and i'm driving to the red robin and i'm looking for the bertucci's and i don't see it i mean i'm having a whole obi-wan kenobi luke skywalker han solo chewbacca episode four when they're looking for um, Alderaan, and they realized that Alderaan was gone. It was blown up, completely destroyed. Wouldn't you know that this Bertucci's that I and my wife were looking at to go to was not just closed, but this one was destroyed all the way to the ground. They knocked it all the way down. It's completely gone. Not only is it closed, but they destroyed the entire building, and they're making room for something else altogether. That was very heartbreaking because 
it wasn't even we didn't even get a chance to go to that one and it not only closed but they like bulldozed the entire building and i was very very sad about that because i was really hoping to get in there but that just goes to show had we gone there anyway it was going to end up being closed probably as soon as we walked out the door they would have probably brought in the construction crew to knock it down because that's just what we do to Bertucci's, which is unfortunate. So in some ways, when if I do see a Bertucci's here or there, I'll look, I'll smile, and I'll feel good about it. But I know that if I put one foot on the ground inside that building, that probably the next time I go there, it's going to be closed. <sighs> you win some, you lose some. Unfortunately, when it comes to Bertucci's, my family continues to lose. <sighs> well, that's the end of the main event, and I'm about to ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Closing the book. Here we go one more time for the Spear of the Week, ladies and gentlemen. I made mention that I've gotten so tired of this violence in Philadelphia and around the country that I've decided to make the Spear of the Week be the violence and I'm going to continue that up until November. I'm going to go back to a little bit more fun loving spears because I don't want to leave you in a state of feeling all depressed about the craziness going on. I just feel that on my platform as humble as it may be, this is a place that I can express my dislike of the craziness that's going on. And so Come November, I'll go back to the fun-filled Spears. But once more, the Spear of the Week is going to be the violence that's been going on. Well, I just closed the book on story number 17. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you do, please let me know on Instagram. PhilipHenderson5102 is where you can catch me there. Um, at PissedPhil on Twitter. And more importantly, and I stress this one because I want to have as many people as I can get in this because I think that this is where I like to say I, I want to be this this to be the bread and butter. I think it's a great spot. I want people to join the group, the Facebook group, the Lip Facebook group. Please have a look at it. Enjoy it. I think it's fun to see the different people going in there. And as far as different people going in there, I'm just loving it. I mean, it seems like as I check my um, my statistics here, I've gotten listeners from five out of the seven continents. Five out of the seven continents. I'm real happy about that. It just seems like I'm beginning to get a near global reach, and I think that's really kind of fun. However, I would like to try to make a few friends down there in South Af uh, South America. I mean, I think South America is pretty cool. I mean, heck, it's a continent that's closest to where I'm at right now, here in North America, in the United States, in Pennsylvania. Come on now. Somebody in Brazil, somebody in Chile, somebody in um, Venezuela. Come on. I'm waiting for you. I'm hoping to join so I can have a foot in all the continents that have um, that have a sustained population. Don't get me wrong. I would also like to see maybe some scientists out there in Antarctica to actually listen to my show, and then I'll have a complete global reach. Um, 
please, if you know a scientist that's in Antarctica, let them know. See if they'll listen. Hopefully they'll enjoy it if they get a chance to. Then I can make the bold statement that the lip is being broadcast worldwide. I would be in all seven continents. Yeah, it's a little pinky in the brainish, isn't it? What am I doing tomorrow? Try and rule the world. Just kidding. Um, I enjoyed doing this show yet again. I hope that you all enjoyed listening. But of course, I need to leave you with some words of wisdom. Which one day will hopefully be on a gigantic t-shirt line. Here it comes. The words of wisdom for the day. You know... Everybody probably has seen that person at work that really doesn't do anything. I mean, they're so bad that they don't even get in the way. They don't even interfere with things. They're not helping and they're not hurting. They're just completely useless. What you need to do is tap that person on the shoulder and say, you know, you're as useful as an illiterate librarian. Yeah, think about that. As useless as an illiterate librarian. Hopefully that in the words of the great gorilla monsoon, hopefully that those words are not, um, well, how would he put it? The late great gorilla monsoon would say, you resemble that remark. Hopefully you don't. Once again, my name is Phil and you have just listened to the lip.